Good morning, Leslie. Good morning, Benjamin. How are you doing this fair Sunday? Pretty good. Did you hear about the air warning? I did. It's kind of orange in here. Um, yeah, everything's got orange. bad air. You're an orange person. I'm an orange person. Um, I wish I had more light coming here because my the way that my face is constructed and the camera isn't ideal, but at least I'm next to you, so. Mm, yeah. Well, it's nice to see you. Yeah. Um, do you have anything uh, that you would like to open? On? I'm just trying to find the comments here, so if well, somebody wants to comment. I know you had some... You're not able to... Are we? Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, what are we going to talk about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I so I, I, I turned out... I guess that's better my voice. Turns out I was... Uh, I did a show yesterday with a couple of Canadians who were suing the Canadian government based on the government's response to the pandemic, especially with regard to mandating um, certain treatments. And then YouTube gave me a strike and I can't post for an entire week on my channel. So I'm kind of like adrift now. All I, uh, I don't know what the meaning of life and my purpose, my personal purpose is without YouTube. Um, so that was the news that that mm-hmm. I came up with. So mm-hmm. you can't you can't talk about the thing, the efficacy of the thing, or the non-efficacy of the thing, or how the thing doesn't work. Um, the thing, even though it's kind of known that this thing doesn't do the things that it was supposed to do, um, and it does these other things, you're still not allowed to talk about it on YouTube because it's a public health. Like I'm damaging the public um, by releasing this information. Yep. Thumb. I'm looking for the, uh, I have to look for the comments uh, mm-hmm. bar. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it's really shocking that there's still so much censorship this far out. I mean, that really surprises me. But, you know, it's not a thing that we've spent a lot of time talking about on this particular channel. I mean, there's been a lot more, um, you know, specific topics that we focus yeah. on. But, well, but it's relevant. Yeah. And so... It's it's surprising, and um, I guess I was really shocked that you're actually blocked out of your channel for doing that. Yeah, for a week. conversation. Well, so YouTube, I don't know if you guys care or know about this, but YouTube does this three strikes type of thing. So one strike, you get a week off. Two strikes, you get two weeks off. And then three strikes, you're off. Your channel's deleted. But fortunately, it's it's within 90 days. So the strike that I have is, is live for 90 days. So it's like November 17th or something like that um and i can only post or i can only not post for one week so as long as i don't do anything too bad in the next 90 days and they're very 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 opaque they don't tell me what What exactly was said you kind of just get a feeling um the electoral protest of january 6th is something that you were really not allowed to talk about unless you're criticizing it until a certain point in time the powers that be told youtube you know it's we're gonna allow people to talk about this thing and um Mm-hmm. And so it's not so bad to talk about that. Uh, talk but about you're that. sure it was that, and it's not like the detransitioner interviews or the gender stuff. It's it's they were specific about no. which video it was. No, no, they they it was one video. It was about this uh, event that took over the world for quite some time, and uh, the Canadian truckers. No, not the Canadian oh. truckers. Just the uh, the mandatory in in Nova Scotia, they mandated everybody take a specific treatment. And this doctor and this activist are suing the government because the government's not allowed to tell everybody what to do, especially with certain substances and putting substances Mm -hmm. in your body. And so part of that interview, we get into why these substances may or may not work as described and, and may or may not do the thing that they're supposed to do. And because I'm a curious individual... I kept on asking questions like, why, why not? Why, what is this? What is that? What is mm-hmm. this? But it's the medical, the medical, it's stuff. the medical part. So if I had, for one reason or another, not included or not got into the medical aspect of how the DNA, how bodies with DNA work, apparently DNA is not something you're allowed to talk about on YouTube um, <laughs> so, or, or, you know, so why don't we talk meddling, about it? meddling with <laughs> DNA is, is not something you're allowed to talk about. So, or the efficacy of certain things that mm-hmm. mess around with your DNA, you're not supposed to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you could talk about the record profits that these companies that make this, 
um, are making. I'm sure you probably talk about... You talk about the liability They have zero liability uh, on themselves. I just saw a video today that Moderna has set aside zero money uh, to Is take that care right? of. Nothing at For all. For the injuries? They were getting uh, grilled uh, by, I think it was an Australian guy, um, saying, well, so do you have any things set aside to deal with the complications that would happen from this treatment? And mm-hmm. they said, no, uh, it's, that's, the gov- that's the government's responsibility. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I know, Leslie, that you have a lot of opinions, but I really want your channel to uh, survive, at least for another Do you want week. me not to give yeah, my opinions? So, um, <laughs> but maybe maybe somebody in the chat has, a, has an opinion. Has an opinion or... Well, has an idea of what to do. Well, Patty P says DNA is slightly important. Um, I don't really understand any of it. There's a nucleo and an acid and a bunch of like ACGC, DCEFGCs. It's like okay. alphabet. We're basically all a part of the alphabet mafia, like on a cellular level, on a biological, on a genetic level. You know, we're all part of the alphabet. Mm-hmm. But for some reason or another, God or evolution or fill in the blank decided on four letters, no more. Four letters. Mm-hmm. No more. LGBT. Stop there, right? <laughs> so, speaking of YouTube, and you do a lot on YouTube, do you have a plan for, or do you have, is there anywhere else people can find those things? Yeah. Those interviews? Well, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Where? Yeah. Well, if you ask me that question, that means the stream's oh. over. That's something that you ask at the end of oh, the stream. Oh, okay, So where okay. can people find you other well, than thanks. on YouTube? But yeah, okay. I'm, on, I'm on Spotify. <laughs> Spotify is being a, actually a really great pr- and platform And that for same me. interview is still up there? Yeah, it's still up okay. there. Spotify mm-hmm. doesn't do anything with regard to, as so far as I know... Censoring? Censoring. Mm-hmm. Um, they might do some sort of algorithmic censorship, but um, I don't know how my channel grows on Spotify, but they have been a fantastic, a really good platform with video. And I know that Substack, I spoke with some people who are in uh, R&D with Substack, mm-hmm. and they're uh, really... Um, Enlarging can you put videos up there? You can on Substack. You can mm. do video. You can do audio. You can do posts and stuff like that. And you, the problem is with Substack, and I, I know this is probably controversial, especially talking to the audience. You guys, I'm sure, don't really want to watch ads. That's why I myself pay YouTube for YouTube Premium, so I can do um, watch without the ads. Watch without the ads, and there's a few other features too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of a kickback to YouTube to do that. Um, but ad revenue is kind of where it's at. It's really easy. I don't have to gate my content. I don't have to say, you know, in order to watch this video, you have to pay locals or you have to set up to Patreon. I just want to put out my interviews and see if people watch them. And if people want to donate, they can donate, you know, and mm-hmm. that's how I monetize mm-hmm. the thing. And so uh, Substack doesn't offer monetization in that way, but they do offer where people can be generous mm-hmm. with their money. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you are in a position, especially if you're popular, this is the thing, it's hard to get popular. It's hard to get um, get in the game where people want to give you money. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of have to stumble or luck into it mm-hmm. um, in order to do a subscription-only model. But ads are display on everywhere. So if you can get popular, then you can clue channel chanel the clue chanel thank you uh says you do good work probably talking about you because or you it's your channel no but thank you very much that's really nice but these people are probably tired about talking about youtube and like give me more content moderation and content creator life style what else do you want to talk about that's right in front of the microphone Hope nobody is like has a really full bladder and now like just peed themselves (laughs) in sympathy to the coffee pour yeah well, I don't know. I guess I'm wondering um, what oh. makes sense to, to... I have so many different questions, so many different things I could explore. But, but thinking about your process going from posting a couple of videos to doing this regularly, mm. what? Um, how did you decide what you wanted to focus on mostly with... Having, YouTube? Yeah. In general? Yeah. Oh, well, YouTube. Oh, you have a little... Oh, oh thank you. A little fuzz. A fuzz. I think it blended in with your face, but we'll rewatch and see if people, <laughs> are, people are just watching like the one person. <laughs> like, like Mike Pence's fly. <laughs> <laughs> I 
there's somebody out there like on a big screen TV just watching the fuzz and now they're like, oh man, that was, I was having a lot of entertainment there. Well, my, my journey on YouTube was really simple. It's really easy because I was going to the Evergreen State College and I had gone there to get a degree in narrative arts, which is kind of like the theory and practice of narrative. Okay. So creative writing in a certain respect, but a rigorous, uh, a rigorous approach to, you know, the mechanics of storytelling and, and, and language and, and meaning making and all that stuff. And, you know, at the end of that, um, you know, four years that I was there and I went when I was 36, so I turned 30. Um, and so I was, no, I was 40. Oh, that's how math works. Um, <laughs> you Benjamin buttoned. I got Benjamin buttoned, yeah. Um, so it was the Evergreen State College blew up. And similar to what you did to Antioch, you saw an opportunity to pull down the pants and expose the <laughs> under the nether regions of a bunch of smug assholes. Pardon my French. Um, and you were compelled by your ethical um, desire for right wing clickbait um, <laughs> to to join the anti woke brigading scheme and uh, griff your way to prominence, international prominence. <laughs> So just like like how you did your <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Actually, okay, but yeah, anyways, they, so Evergreen State College blows up, and what I do is start to report on that, because everybody had an opinion on what was going on at the mm -hmm. Evergreen State College, and I had been there, and I knew where all the videos were on their servers, mm -hmm. not just of the protests themselves, which oh, on my YouTube channel, yeah. which you can still watch, I have the complete Evergreen story, and it's insane. If you haven't seen it... Give yourself a treat and uh, make sure you have some high blood pressure medication because the <laughs> just whether you need it or not, the level of uh, just idiocy and uh, aggro, just aggro that's going on with the student protesters is off the charts. But once you actually see what the professors and the administration were promulgating or teaching these students you're like holy freaking cow and then you realize this was in 2017 this is actually 2015 2016 2017 comes to a head you realize that the whole summer of love mm -hmm. of Which 2020 was the summer, of love? summer of love why was that the summer of love oh because i think it was wasn't it the seattle mayor in 2020 um oh, during the um the summer of love thing yeah the Chaz thing or spaz thing or jizz mm -hmm. thing or whatever they ended up calling the chop um they uh she there was a bunch of protests and the seattle mayor said this is our summer of love mm. you know because we need to grift Jenny durkin millions of dollars for the democratic party yeah. through this uh mm -hmm. what jenny durkin wasn't it that's the mayor was it i think so there were so many stupid yeah. mayors. Yeah. There were so many stupid mayors. The mayor of Olympia, like, ended up bowing down to the crowd, you know? Oh, Doing my the gosh. whole bowing thing. And then wow. a week later, Antifa came down and spray-painted her house that she's a white supremacist. It's just like, so it was like, you're just damned if you do, <laughs> you and you're damned if you don't. There's no, there's no way that you could do anything mm -hmm. other than, like, actually empower the police to enforce it. Anyways. So you started posting these. So you started like putting these together. Yeah, yeah. So the everything that happened in the, the 2020 and especially everything that followed from that with regard to who gets the reins of power and who gets to teach us the new morality was already being ins instituted. This whole thing that now we call woke and every time I say the word woke, I say so-called woke because I, you know, it's a term and what, what are you going to do about that? Um, everything was there completely at the Evergreen State College in this tiny little Petri dish mm -hmm. ahead of ahead of time. And, it, and this infection, this mind virus, or whatever you want to call it, had already infected most of academia. It just hadn't reached its natural conclusion. It had not reached, I don't know. You I, think it had already infected most of academia oh, at that point? Absolutely. Okay. When do you think that, when was the, the point where it sort of overtook? Because it wasn't really... I didn't see that much of it, like shades of it maybe, but not that much in around 2010. In your law school. school time, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it ramped up. I think I think what, what in why it happened so quick was that the boomers, um, 
The boomers came into academia and they started the process of making academia left-ish and more and more liberal. Mm -hmm. And as they got to positions of power, they tended to hire people to the left of them. Um, and that, and so they stocked up the academy with Gen X and millennials that were very much to the left mm -hmm. and they hired very little conservatives. Mm. So what happened to the, the academy is that when the boomers aged out and the next generation came in, the next generation was on board with this woke stuff. And they went directly, and because the woke stuff is what it is, those people who were more and more left tended to focus on getting into positions of power and demanding certain sorts of programs and, and making the college bow down and promulgate their ideology. And so at the Evergreen State College, well, the process was much faster. Just with the, I don't know if I see it quite that way with the conservative versus progressive. I mean, is it, the, the, what about the liberal? What about, where does the liberal sit in all of that? Yeah, the liberal kept on hiring people to the left. And the thing is, is that if there's no pushback from the conservative, the liberal is really powerless to, to, to stymie the progressives. The progressives. Oh, and you see this with Brett Weinstein. Brett Weinstein was at Evergreen State College. And um, he was always ameliorating the leftist program. He's like, we need races of the most important issue of the day. We should just shouldn't take it this far. So he mm -hmm. was already on mm -hmm. board, mm -hmm. whereas there was nobody at all in the college who would say, if they even got close to saying this, they were, they were heckled, they were booed, and they were tarred and feathered, that... That race isn't that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. And I have documents where one of the groundskeepers who'd been there for a long time, he transitioned from male to female um, mm. or from male to trans female, trans male. Um, anyways, uh, he's like, they're, they're doing this. There was a shooting close to the college. These two black kids had assaulted a police officer, ran toward the police officer with their skateboards over their mm -hmm. head, intending mm -hmm. to harm the police officer. And so the police officer, the officer defended himself. One of the guys gets, uh, you know, like loses his uh, use of his legs, you know, is in oh, a wheelchair okay. and the other guy gets shot. Um, but they were assaulting the police officer, but, but because this was a black life, mm. The entire city of Olympia and Evergreen State College, it was all about race. And, so it got and chalked up to police brutality. It was police brutality. And, yeah. and it was like, even in our community, racism occurs. Racism exists. And we're really good at looking racism over there. But mm -hmm. when it's here, we can't. We have to look away from it. And it was a huge power grab for all the pro-racists pro or the anti-racists mm -hmm. to, to say, okay, we need to center the college around this topic. And they started these email chains. And one person, this person, this groundskeeper guy, he comes up, he's like, Evergreen is not a racist institution. There are no racists here. Hmm. You guys are, and, and, and anytime anybody tells you, all you people, that it's not that way, you turn around and call that person racist and dogpile on them. Mm -hmm. And they all turn and dogpile and say, oh, you're just God. a racist. You don't mm -hmm. see... Da, 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 da. Um, so I, I don't see, unless you have enough of a conservative... And by conservative, I would mean, oh, this is a tricky question. I'll probably get in trouble and have to really, I haven't really thought about this, but what would be a conservative, like the conservative pushback that the liberal would be more in dialogue with the conservative than with the progressive. So yeah. that the liberal is standing between the conservative and the progressive, but without the conservative, I don't see liberals being able to stand against the progressives because hmm. the progressives are, the, the liberals are, are progressives um, going the speed limit in a way. And <laughs> I know that was used to, that used to be called like conservatives are just liberals going the speed limit, but, hmm. but li maybe liberals are progressive. So you really see it along with uh, this, like one continuum. I think for sake of simplicity and telling the story specifically in academia, we have to explain why like there's only one or two disciplines and the entire of academia that skew conservative and that's like engineering mm -hmm. maybe business maybe but i don't know mm. but everything else is supremely 
tilted in the other way. And how did that happen? Mm -hmm. I think it was through, through the natural process of an accelerationist um, ideology that we call leftism. Mm. So you see it as just a natural evolution? Um, I think... And not something like the... The Yuri Bezmenov, um, you know, they're infiltrating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The psyop, the psyopness, uh, looking at it as some sort of march through the institutions is attractive. And they say it themselves that that's what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. But I also think that it's the nature of bureaucratic structures to turn more and more left to to grab more power and to hire people who want to use the system mm. to make the system bigger the system itself takes a mind of its own okay. and centralizes itself and there's a lot of and it does that through so-called rationality or through expertism and through planning and through bureaucracy and all that stuff tends to favor leftism mm -hmm. because you get to talk this big talk about being human um, and being caring, mm -hmm. but always in the direction of gaining more control over people. So instead of, I don't know, we could talk about what's happening in San Francisco, which is was in that video. I thought it was a really interesting video. So it's on Spotify, uh, the mm -hmm. video that I that, that I, you got um, in trouble for. that I got in trouble for that I got banned for. Um, I talk about like libertarianism versus not liberalism, but libertarianism. If that ever leads to atrocities, the doctor that I interviewed said that libertine, liber, um, libertarianism, not libertinism, libertarianism never leads to an atrocity. I say, well, what about the streets of San Francisco where they said, you know, do as many drugs as you want. Yeah. Um, that led that. And he countered with this and you were, you were gonna, you, we were talking about this. He said that those policies that lead to the state of California right now were harm reduction. So mm -hmm. we're going to give you needles and that's different. Like we're going to supply the tools of your own destruction mm -hmm. uh, and, and take it off the black market, make things that were illegal legal, mm -hmm. which is, so I don't really understand the nuance of that position, hmm. but insofar as it's these highly, highly leftist areas that are suffering um, the most egregious forms of human decay mm -hmm. and societal decrepitude, you have to ask, well, is it do whatever you want or is there some other darkness mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. here that mm -hmm. facilitates? Um, why would the bureaucratic structures just allow people to steal everybody's crap you yep. know, and not stop them? Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, it is an interesting question. Look, somebody give us a thumbs down. Oh, I wonder why they put the thumbnail on the left. No. I, I had that inverted in the corner of my eye. I thought there was 14 people that were really upset with, with my bathrobe. Yeah, well, it is like, where's the tiger robe? It's an upsetting bathrobe. I where's mean, the you've tiger got robe? fuzz all over you, too. Where's the tiger You're fuzzy. Um, so how did you go from talking about that to going into other topics? What was the evolution of that process like for you? I'm curious. I don't I think know, I've I ever just, asked you that. Really? I don't think so. Okay. It's just, it's odd to be an interview. Yeah, well, interview. <laughs> it's very odd. Can you restate the question? So how did you go? Could you use more expletives? Really? Yeah. I just want to hear you talk like a pirate for a minute, okay. but you don't have to, if you have a family friendly channel. No, actually. It's pretty family friendly. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't All know. Right. I guess All people right. swear. Party. David was talking about this vegan that made a, <laughs> I don't know if I want to go back into it. Oh, no. From the Solid Ground live stream last week, he had this uh, dinner party with a person who was a, a vegan who made a comparison between eating animals and having sex with them. And he talked about that pretty explicitly. Oh, okay, yeah, so, where, where you, you're okay with eating an animal, but you're not okay with having sex with an animal. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was disgust. So I don't know how family-friendly Was that, that disgust is. or disgusting? <laughs> Both. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, what's the difference? Between being dis disgust and Between being disgusting. consuming and consummating. Like, what's the... What's the difference? Yeah, let's, let's not get on that. So that was I not mean, family that's an interesting friendly. topic. Okay. Yeah. But okay. yeah um, so what I'm wondering is... Come <laughs> on, talk like a pirate, please. <laughs> no. Please just use a funny voice. Really? Yeah. Why? Because I want us to branch out into a puppet. Um, podcast. Uh, it shows you. Yeah. <laughs> Should we just duck below the table and put our well, you'll you'll goose and you'll duck. And we'll just like, do like that. We can do that. Okay, you don't have to. You don't have to be silly with me in the morning. Um, you're pretty silly in the morning. Yeah. 
How would you know? Anyways, ask your question. Um, my question is, how did you go from talking about what was going on at Evergreen and showing that to have you evolved in, into specific interest lines over time? Yeah. How did that evolve for you? And yeah. how did you end up doing what you're doing right now with your YouTube channel? Well, it's kind of a feedback mechanism. Like, where, where does the audience want me to go? And where does my interest want me to go? So it's, uh-oh, I always <laughs> eat things channel. that I don't have sex with. Yeah. Oh, let's put that on the screen. This is this is. What do you? How do you do that? Ad, advice for life. Blue <laughs> oh, no. Channel has has it down. I always eat things that I don't have sex with. That's good. So uh, hopefully but, you're not an incel and there's not a bunch of dead women in your basement. Look what S S Koval Seven says. Thanks for traumatizing me, Ben. Oh, okay. You're very, very, very welcome. I can't see what she's it's right telling. here. Okay. Well, you're you're in charge. Okay, there we go. Anyway, so um, what we're gonna traumatize? Yeah. So I was doing the Evergreen State College. I just focused on that for like six months, and I just made a whole bunch of videos. And as soon as I got traction on YouTube, I decided to post every other day. Mm. And as soon as I had, there was any viability any viability in this being a potential path for me, I just ran into it and I'm just like, do a video, just do a video, do a video, do a video. Mm-hmm. And I experimented a little bit with doing videos about this, doing videos about that. And, um, but evergreen was my um, bread and butter, uh, literally and figuratively. And then an incident occurred in October or November or maybe even December of 2017 at Wilfrid Laurier University with Lindsay Shepard. Oh, yeah. Who became quite... Listen to this. <laughs> That's not as sensuous as the coffee commercials make it out to be. <laughs> it's a little I hope this lurkily. is traumatizing for everybody involved. <laughs> okay. I, you know what she does? This is a little Leslie secret, but she always puts milk first in the coffee cup. And it's really her way of dealing with the, the circulation, problem. the circulation yeah. of the, the mm-hmm. cream leets. Um, I always put it in last and just yeah. like let it. But so you can put it in first and then you don't have to stir. Yeah. Or you can put it in after and then you really should stir. And you don't I like do, it that it you do this around. weird thing. I just, just kind of like let it, it sitting in there. So as Lindsay Shepard got in trouble for showing a clip of a debate on Canadians, like one of their channels, because they have Canadian channels, mm. um, because they really, really, really like to control information. The Canadians do? I know this firsthand now. Oh. Uh. And so? And so... What that topic was about, she showed this two-minute clip with Jordan Peterson, and then she got taken aside by her, well, she was a TA, so Mm -hmm. it was her, like, counselor or whatever, like, I don't know the relationship, like, the guy just above her that she was working with as a TA, and then the department head, who turned out to be a cross-dressing AGP. Uh, Little did we know, yeah, like, all these pictures surfaced of him in his alternative thing with all the other teachers like oh you're so lovely you're so great you're so pretty you know and like he's doing all this like look at how pretty i'm as a woman thing and then the dei professional and they they grilled Lindsay for 40 minutes and she was basically like she went pretty hard actually after this she got really ticked off so but she was just you know like a happy-go-lucky um Mm -hmm liberal-ish person, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, you know, free of them. Thought she could rights. talk about these things. Yeah, we should talk, well, yeah. what's the thing? Because it was an English course, like, well, how do we use pronouns? Here's a debate about pronouns. But it was just beyond the pale. And and they grilled her, and they got her to, they struggle sessioned her. These three mm-hmm. adults cornered this 20-year-old girl, struggle sessioned her until she was crying, mm-hmm. telling the, saying that Jordan Peterson is a Nazi, and mm-hmm. you, know, you mm-hmm. should never do that. This is very harmful for everybody involved, and da-da-da-da-da, it's very harmful. And so that went viral, mm-hmm. and I started to report on that because that was a, that was a similar situation to... Uh, the Evergreen State College, because when it went viral, a whole bunch of ruckus started at that university where everybody started clamoring for attention. Mm. And there were these protests where the 
the Rainbow Mafia would come out and say how how harmed they are. And mm-hmm. I did this one. Somebody wrote this four page like letter uh, about the situation, and they used the word harm like a hundred and twenty times or something like that. And so as I was reading through the letter, I start to wonder what does harm mean. I put a little ding every time in oh. a counter oh. of the harms. You know, I missed a few too. And so whenever, so on my channel for a long time, like whenever you somebody said the word bell. harm, like there was a harm harm bell. Mm-hmm. Uh, we call it the harm bell. Um, so I went from I, I went from Evergreen, which is a racial incident, to Wilfred Laurier, which is a which is the same type of incident mm-hmm. where there's a bunch of people claiming harm and grabbing power at the same time mm-hmm. and having total power and then you know crying out as they strike you kind of thing, which I know is a I don't mean it as what the original meaning of that phrase, but just that's just kind of a phenomena you see with mm-hmm. these people. Mm-hmm. Um, and by these people, I mean Wokies, not. The Jews. I'm not talking about them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jews are great. Um, Jews are fine. Jews are wonderful. Curtis Yarvin is just, I really enjoy him. He's a great guy. Um, among other people. Uh, Oppenheimer, uh, kind of a boring movie, but we can talk about that later. Mm-hmm. I really wanted more explosions. So I went from talking about yeah. race to talking about gender, and gender was this whole other topic that was different than race, and race is just so fraught. And as a white man, like, what do I know? And I could never say, you know... I could never say the end of this whole racial discourse in America is just we getting over it and mm-hmm. going forward because, you know, that's me trying to deny the crimes of the past, right. you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's just there's no it's not clean. There's too many vested interests. And it's a very specific thing that it's just astroturf to hell. But this gender topic's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And what I had when I did this whole expose Laurier was I had trans people or a couple of trans people i think trans is better than trans i'm really struggling with the language around that topic of transition right now um so i want to find something that's not disrespectful but it's Mm -hmm. still like is in line with what i think that thing Mm -hmm. actually means Mm -hmm. um so trans i just thought of that now trans people see i'm very playful in the morning trans people they reached out to me and say you know what i had severe amount of distress in my life. Mm -hmm. This helped me out. I don't want attention. I don't want to control how other people see me or do anything. Thank you very much for disentangling my, you know, state of being from the activist. And that's what I would say. That's what I was saying that the, like I was testing, did I learn enough from Evergreen that I could talk about another topic and, and, and do it thoroughly in the way that I did. Um, and you know, basically it's always true that activists are not elected they take the power of the identity and then they use that for their own gain Mm -hmm. so they say on they represent in usually in the worst possible way the groups that they are advocating for Mm -hmm. up to and including peta files who sit there and mock you for eating turkey at dinner right and it, they're just oh, always self owning. Oh, like PETA. Oh, PETA files. Yeah. Oh, PETA files. Yeah. Like the PETA. For the Not the bread. Treatment of animals. The people for the ethical treatment okay. of animals. They, they're kind of like they're representing animals, but they don't know. Chicken <laughs> knows that it tastes good. Even a chicken will eat chicken. I mean, come the freak on, so right? The chicken you made was really good. I but did, make I did a feel bad for the chicken. She feels bad for the chicken. I like chickens. But not so bad that you would have sex with it. No. Oh, God. Okay, see, so okay. No, no pity fuck, but you'll do a pity eat. Jeez. <laughs> a pity eat. Wait. <laughs> a pity chow. So, why, why do you have to feel. Why does sex follow feeling bad for it? That didn't make any sense. Well, I know it was the whole thing. Like you'd eat it, you know, but you wouldn't fuck it, right? So, like, <laughs> you won't give it a pity fuck, but you'll give it a pity eat, right? Oh, jeez. Like I feel so oh, bad okay. for you. <laughs> yum 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 yum. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't even want my coffee anymore. Oh no no no! Don't do that. Okay. <laughs> don't do that. Drink your coffee. Mm, okay. So. Mm. So the gender thing so the started gender thing. to come out. Yeah, the gender thing. Let's be careful. Let's not like, oh, whack people over I don't want to whack people with my yeah, coffee. Let's so okay. let's move the microphone a little bit closer to us. So, yeah, and then the gender topic. And then I started playing around with interviews. And I noticed that if I shut up and listened, 
I would come up with questions that would make people talk in a different way than they were scripted. Like usually people tell their story mm -hmm. and they're scripted. A lot of inter social interactions are very scripted. And if they have a topic that they want to talk about, they usually, they basically have a script going on. But if I paid them the right kind of attention, something new and different would come out of them. Like mm -hmm. I would get a deeper version, you know, and we would take the time to really get into why, you know, and follow mm -hmm. the lines through that. And, you know, uh, so that skill set's, uh, certainly good for just normies, just talking to normies or people who are invested in a situation who aren't experts in the situation, mm -hmm. such as detransitioners. Detransitioners have this very, you know, intimate experience of transition, but they're not necessarily experts in gender dysphoria and sexology and all the different um, things that they've gone through. They're not endocrinologists, right? Mm -hmm. But they can tell their story. They can tell you why they got in there and how they were treated. And so my skill set as an interviewer, just being very patient, and very humane and, you know, talking about fucking chickens, you know, to really kind of loosen up, break the ice. Um, <laughs> that's really good for detransitioners. It's good for trans trans people. You know, it's good for just the normies on the street. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, so those kind of interviews are really important to see the effect that certain policies have mm -hmm. or certain sorts of medical phenomena have on, on the population, people. on yeah. regular people. Mm -hmm. So it's very anecdotal based, but it's very personal based. And plus with the gender thing, I didn't start interviewing detransitioners, I think till the early months of 2019. Um, but the gender thing's really so cool. So you'd already been doing it for like two years at that point. I'd been, yeah, well, yeah. So I my channel would have been a year and a half old when I started because I, you know, I was playing around with different forms of content creation, and one of them was just like kind of going through Evergreen or going through this big story. Um, another one is just like okay, you know, uh, Marvel released a movie that's supposed to you know liberate black people you know, mm. by telling a story about you know how they have magic uh, space metal in their country, and that's. Um, you know, some sort of black empowerment thing. You know, like you, so you're like, well, what's going on? Or like, there's the Me Too movement, and you have mm -hmm. Natalie Portman like talking about how victimized she is as a movie star, and you're like, okay, well, you know, you 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 get the attention, but you don't want to pay for the attention, so it's man's fault. You know, it's like so. Mm -hmm. There's just these. There's just these. So I I would do some like ten minute videos, like you do, mm -hmm. like with your right wing clickbait about gender ideology, or what was your video do about I do yesterday? That? Again, your DEI stuff. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, You're just like, like you go, yeah, you get all flaming and Ben Shapiro-y and your mouth starts frothing. That's you what know? I do. You get really, yeah. I just hear you through the walls like, yeah. mine, shine, flame, gang, 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 gang. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like a Hitler, like trying yeah. to talk Chinese. It's really intense. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but being a constant critic made me feel bad about myself being yeah. constantly critical made me feel bad about myself and mm -hmm. so i needed to create content and i wanted to create kind content but because attention follows tension how would i make kind content without dealing with deep issues with difficult issues mm -hmm. i could do that through interview where mm -hmm. i can model a humane kind of persona because I, for me, I can't just create a persona and not be that persona, even and up to and including a rapey paperclip. You know, like there's just different. <laughs> like you have to be careful when you start doing like your it was little a hair clip, hair clip, yeah. rapey hair clip, uh, rapey paperclip. It just sounds a little bit better. You but like it's that? Not, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's really difficult to play a persona and not become that persona unless it's a really silly persona, like mm -hmm. a really over the top persona, like a puppet thing. And that's why so using you don't do a persona using different. No, I do use a persona, but mm -hmm. it, re it it's got to have a really clean resonance because it starts to affect me. Like and mm -hmm. so my persona of being like a, uh, you know, just a cultural critic and being kind of snarky started to make me feel oh, like anxiety because yeah. I started turning that snark against myself and I would think yeah. about myself in that way. Mm -hmm. And so I would wake up in the middle of the night just like criticizing myself. And mm -hmm. I had a period of time where I really needed to reassess what I was going to do with the channel. And I landed on doing interviews. And so I started just reaching out and it turns out that people really like to talk about themselves so I would get people on uh, to talk and then I started talking with the detransitioners and this was before it became a big deal this mm -hmm. is before it really 
became mainstream and political mm-hmm. in the way that it is now. So I got to get a picture of this cohort of this population kind of outside of the trajectory of influence and um, impact that it has now. Mm-hmm. And I and then after doing the detransitioners or embarking on that, like we, we have to get into, well, what is this gender thing? And you can't you can't understand the gender topic without understanding feminism. Hmm. Feminism came in there. I know you can say that John Money and, you know, the sexologists like laid the groundwork for the transition stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like the, the, you know, the medical procedures and stuff like that. But feminism theorized it. Feminism adopted certain Marxist tactics to destabilize the power structure, so far as they saw it, of the male-female cultural dynamic that is basically kind of projected through these things called stereotypes um, that are low-grade manifestations of archetypes. And the feminist project, in part, was to disrupt and dismantle the same thing that anti-racists do, the same thing that CRT does, the same thing that all these DEIP. It sounds like you're implying intent there, where you were implying earlier or saying that, suggesting earlier that the the whole DEI woke thing kind of evolved more naturally within the university system. But with feminism, there's some kind of intent behind that? No, no, it's it uh, feminism... Well, so I had to t- talk to feminists because you're like, how can we talk about gender without talking about feminists? And one aspect of that is the theoretical stuff that I was mapping out. And I'll try to answer your question. But the other aspect of it is that feminists of an earlier stripe um, or wave were the first on the ground fighting this insane gender ideology. They were the first there because it came out of their ranks. It flowed out of the academic okay. departments. That's why all these women's studies departments turned into gender studies departments. They started to adopt critique in the academy, and that critique was useful for second wave feminists to destabilize power structures and get them in the workplace. But it doesn't just stop there. It keeps on destabilizing because people want to use those tactics to get power. And if women are going to get all the power by being oppressed, then why wouldn't a man say he's a woman? And be even more oppressed and get even more power. Like the, that's the mm. that's the dynamic, the the dialectic, as uh, you know, as it's called. I have never understood the waves of feminism. I don't really understand what it's like this. the different waves are. <laughs> I don't and then go back. I have to hold my shirt together. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> you can't make me wave. When sorry, I'm that was a... that was forceful. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll be forceful back. Okay. Um, no, uh, I just don't understand them because I, th- I think that there's some uh, probably early parts of feminism that I would agree very strongly with. And then later on, there's this sort of there's this sort of stridency that I don't um, that I don't see. I can't resonate with, but yeah. Yeah. I don't really understand the link that you're drawing between the feminism and the gender stuff, the gender studies thing. That is a huge, long topic, and I am, not that I want to compare myself to him, but I'm no James Lindsay, I can't like give you all the studies and stuff, but there is a definite through line from the from academia of using Marxist or critical theoretical tools to disrupt and dismantle gender in order to gain power, and then it just getting out of control and turning from women are oppressed. So we need like, we need the systems to, so it went from, we need the systems to let us in to, we need the systems to balance in our favor to, to like, okay, well, if the Mm -hmm. system's going to, if we're going to start playing with the system, then whoever gets to play with the system gets the power. And so that's how, that's how the whole bureaucratic thing goes in. It's like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll balance the system for you so you'll mm-hmm. be up. But like whoever's the balancer is the one that's going to... So it's the same track. It's the same track. And then mm-hmm. it, spills out of the, it spills out of the lab. And then you have a bunch of feminists of an earlier stripe saying that women's, uh, women are oppressed by the patriarchy. Um, and, you know, and, and the trans rights are like, no, everybody's oppressed by the patriarchy because the patriarchy doesn't just limit women to doing dishes. It limits men and women to being men and women. Mm. 
mm-hmm. like unelectedly. Well, I didn't decide to be born. I didn't decide to be a man. I was coercively assigned male at birth. Mm-hmm. And my social identity, my spiritual identity is that thing. So we need to not just disrupt this social structure of patriarchy. We need to completely dismantle the, the coercive form of hegemonic power. Mm. That is that is the entire thing. That's why you have so many feminists on the trans train, on the transgender train or the genderist train, is because it's the same tools and and it's not the, they'll just say you're not radical enough. Radical feminists aren't radical enough. It's always that way, because and this is something that was really interesting for me. I did a little social experiment on this website that used to be called Twitter, where I posted. I reposted Matt Walsh criticizing Helen Joyce, and I really admire Helen Joyce. I totally admire Helen Joyce. I'm not really one way or the other on Matt Walsh. You know, he's really successful, whatever. I don't really, he's he's in a different lane. Um, But he said something really interesting about there's no, this transgender stuff didn't happen in any other culture other than a feminist culture. Like Mm -hmm. feminism, you can't just lay, because Helen Joyce was saying that these conservatives with their gender stereotypes, their gender roles are incentivizing kids to transition. And Mm -hmm. Matt Walsh was saying, well, why all these conservative, why did these conservative things last for centuries? And then feminism comes along and then the next decade we have transition, right? Mm -hmm. So I was just saying, I I reposted that just as a kind of just as a thought about how the problem with the gender critical movement is that they have no positive gender roles that men and women can use to have a harmonious relationship. There's no set of expectations Mm -hmm. from the man to the woman or from the woman to the man, because those, any expectation whatsoever, you should just do yourself and not tell other people what to do. Mm -hmm. You should just do it yourself. You shouldn't expect a girl to play with girl things or boy to play with boy things. So you should never do that. They should be whatever they are, but there needs to be some sort of guide rails for men and women to understand that, wait, I'm different than you. Mm-hmm. And in, for, in order for us to get along and have a family and then get along while we're having a family, and if we have a, a girl as a girl or a boy as a boy, that there are just basic tools that we use, mm-hmm. basic expectations of what to do with my energy and your energy or for me to understand how you're four different people in the world, you know, and how do I, how do I interact with those four people? That's like a gendered expectation. Cause I don't go through moon phases like you do. The four person theory is a Leslie Elliott theory. No, it's, hopefully she it's not, it's something we were talking about, okay. but it's not mine. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the thing is, is that gender criticals got, they, they came around on that post and got really mad. Why, why would you want us to control why this is just these are just systems of control these are just systems of control and i said you don't give anything positive and they went through and they said why they don't give anything positive so they didn't ever give anything positive they didn't say like how do you treat a woman how do you treat a man how do you raise a son how do you raise a daughter i know there's no one way mm-hmm. i know there is no one way but there are general guidelines i really think that there are general guidelines and i don't know how tight or loose those can be i don't i want them more looser than tighter but i don't think you can have a society function at scale without expectations without well, gendered expectations well the problem i i mean one of the problems as i see it is that you know we've got i think neutrality would be one thing but you see people who are celebrating cross sex stereotypes the expression of cross-sex stereotypes in children while devaluing same-sex stereotypes. So stereotype behavior, um, that seems like what we're seeing. Kind of oh, okay, so it's gone, it's gone even further. So a so boy it's not, it's is celebrated for being a girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. And a girl is celebrated for being a Yeah. And you see that in feminism, too, the girl boss thing. It's like, yeah. you go, girl. Like, we're going to have representation of the strong woman. You know, and the strong woman is always like a woman. Uh, the strong woman is always a woman that's kind of acting like a man. It's never just a woman being a strong woman in, the, in a more, more or less... I would say, and I'm going to get in trouble for this. You're going to get in a lot of trouble. Natural state of being more domestic, like being like, I'm going to raise children and my sphere of influence is going to be very deep, but very small. Hmm. Whereas Hmm. a man's sphere of influence is very shallow, but very large. If he follows his kind of stereotypes. Yeah. If you're doing, if you're just working out like how people are going to generally tend to go. Hmm. You know, men, men seek to be history, history makers, you know, and what's a history maker has a huge impact but very shallowly across millions of people's lives. Whereas a mother, 
You yeah. know, like, so the woman behind the man stereotype, like it behind it, the great man, like, like any great mm-hmm. man who's, a, who's a full human being is going to have a relationship that ties him to reality, like mm-hmm. through that woman, through his family. Mm-hmm. And if the woman wants to pursue those things, good or good not, she's going to have to compete with men who are not tethered like a woman is, um, to, to reach that height. Um, but you know, good, more power to her, but. And then there has to be some avenue for variance. Yeah, and that's that's where we that's where we fall in terms of gender or sex or or you know any sort of human thing, even any sort of any sort of treatment even that a government forces you to have. Well, that's the thing I was thinking is like you. So you started out talking about specifically Evergreen. You move on to talking about the Lindsay Shepherd, and then that opens up gender, and then you end up having all these conversations with people around gender. But one thing you haven't really talked about is the other big elephant in the room culturally. What the, would that be? COVID. Uh, well, you can talk about that. And I have over the past year and a half, I've started to be a little bit more forthright in interviewing people of the dissident right sphere, people who are more inclined to look at, look through a Machiavellian lens at how power operates from just a very realistic point of view. And those people tend to be what they tend to self-identify as right. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the stuff that has to do with the pandemic and the response to the pandemic can be analyzed without getting into the nitty gritty of DNA, which of course we don't have according to YouTube, because it's it's a public health crisis if you talk about how DNA operates in, in a nucleus cell and how <laughs> certain uh, products can manipulate that, right? So you can talk about that and that was the the what I wanted out of that interview that got I got banned for wasn't the medical information or misinformation. How does power operate and why is it so stupid? Mm-hmm. How does power operate? Why is it so stupid? Like power's going to do it one way or the other, but why would it do it? Mm-hmm. Why would it be so stupid? Do you think what what do you mean what is stupid about it? Is it stupid because it's overreaching? It's 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 overreaching and it's short-sighted. Yeah. The amount of destabilization of the so-called science or the amount of public trust that was lost in this one last ditch remo- uh or this this kind of it, it's it's like they're it's a last ditch effort to control all of humanity for their safety. Right? Yeah. Like why would it do that and and then do it I won't get you in trouble, but it doesn't seem like they did it openly that it and and one question that i asked the doctor i'm like okay it would be one thing if this thing worked mm-hmm. and they made they bet the entire house on this one thing that would make sense but the thing doesn't even do what it was supposed to do and and the doctor was really wonderful i'll have him back on my channel and we won't talk about it. this particular thing we'll talk about something else but he said it coercion is never ever right mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you're right or not one treatment anyways the like science and medical sense there's no one treatment for everything and there's no one effect mm-hmm. that doesn't have side effects there's no such thing as that you're right but even if there were coercion is a completely different matter and he did this thing where the the other guy we we're talking to was chain smoking the whole time he's like oh. okay if 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 william roy gets like emphysema next week and, you know, I say, I'm your doctor, you need to quit smoking. Mm-hmm. That's one thing, doctor, patient. It's another thing for me to lock him up into a room without cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Like that is just on principle. We don't do that in our society. We right. do not do that in our society. Right. And that's a totally different thing. So even if it works or not. So my, so my interest is in the coercive thing mm-hmm. and the effect of the coercion is less important. And mm-hmm. they'll always get you on the effect. They'll mm-hmm. always... Power will will stop you from talking about certain things, but it can't really stop you talking about itself mm-hmm. because it's staffed with people who are kind of idiots. They don't, yeah. They don't. They don't. They so even they are are possessed by power mm-hmm. to like. Okay, we're going to control people in this way. Control people in this way. It's like, well, how are people controlled, mm-hmm. and how how does how are they acting as controllers and control freaks? So that's the more interesting thing. So you can talk. Uh, so I have been talking about this without talking about it. Um, this COVID thing specifically. You don't need to talk about COVID things specifically. You don't even need to talk about race specifically. You don't even need to talk about gender specifically, but gender's a little interesting. You have to talk about something specifically. Mm-hmm. But there's the... But you're, oh, you're talking about the overarching pattern. So you can talk about the overarching pattern, but that isn't necessarily the same kind of conversation as talking to a detransition. Right, about, the about getting into get. it and talking about how this is yeah. personally playing out. Yeah, 
in a, in a so I want way. I want to do the overview and I also want to do the personal story and the other thing that the YouTube dinged me on and they decided not to ding me on it they retracted their their uh, their judgment of this video is just this woman who decided not to take a not to take a treatment mm -hmm. and how that impacted her life she didn't talk about the treatment she just said I decided not to take this treatment okay and my me and my family completely lost all of our income. You and did a video on that already? I just interviewed her. Okay. Um, and and YouTube's like, you can't talk about that. I'm like, well, I, we didn't talk about that thing. We didn't talk about why. We didn't talk about, we didn't talk about, about, talk about what happened to yeah, her. Yeah, we didn't talk policy. about why. Okay. We didn't talk about why she thought. And even, I don't know why would, they wouldn't let me ask her why she thinks that way. You can't even talk about why they come to their own conclusions. Mm -hmm. That's thought control. But we can say, well, I was thought controlled. And then, and I didn't agree. And then this is what happened to me. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, we didn't talk about that. We talked about what happened. Mm -hmm. We talked about mm -hmm. the punishment, you know. Anyways. Yeah, well, that's interesting. What about you? What about me? Why aren't you talking about... Um, Why am I not talking about what? COVID thing. I have talked about it. We've talked about it on Solid Ground. Um, I talked about it with uh, Bruce Party. He talked... He's Canadian. Oh, does he know how to do a wave? <laughs> Because apparently you don't know how to do it. No, I don't know how to okay. do a wave. You want me to do a wave well, so wardrobe, bad, don't wardrobe you? Wardrobe malfunction. I yeah, want to party no, with you. I don't want to do a wave. <laughs> no, uh, I've talked about it a little bit. Um, I think it's really important. I think it's a really important topic. I guess um, it was kind of beyond the scope of what I was doing with this channel. And I know that I kind of I see it similarly as a, as the same pattern playing out in different. It's just it's hmm. choosing different modalities, but it's the same overall uh, overreach of power and bureaucracy. Yeah. And, uh, but I know that other people don't necessarily see it. Like they're worried about, they're focusing on the content and not that process piece. Mm. And so the process is the same, whether we're talking about COVID or we're talking about TI race or gender or, or whatever. Education. Yeah. yeah. It's all tied it together. Is, it, and it, well, it all follows the same, yeah. same pattern. Direction. So yeah. whether it's all tied together or not is a whole nother conversation, which, yeah. you know, I would say that it you probably say, is. But you said something interesting that, that some particular topic is beyond the scope of your channel, but you're the radical center. You can be at the center <laughs> of anything. You just put yourself in the middle. I'm like, I'm the radical center. Pay attention to me. You can do that anywhere at any time. Like your channel has no bounds. It's not like the Leslie talks about makeup channel. And even then you'd probably end up talking about CRT while doing your makeup. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's just that this whole thing was just started in order to talk about my counselor education and yeah. my concerns about the counseling, um, profession right now mm. and it kind of branched into education yeah i've had a couple of conversations about other stuff but have you done any makeup reviews though no no the closest we came was talking about beauty oh we talked about barbie i know how much you barbie. liked that movie barbie. you oh. really liked I, I, that movie i am enough <laughs> you really liked it i showed up to your channel in a bathroom that's how yeah. enough i am you are you're enough yeah but i know um you, he, we watched Barbie, and then you told me that night how much you thought it was a good movie because we spent so much time talking yeah. about it. And I still think it was a terrible movie. But what do you think now? Um, well, no, I mean, I don't want to rewatch it, but I kind of feel like I have to rewatch it. Yeah. The last 20 minutes were so preachy. I don't know if you guys have seen Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is. There is parts of it like where I just didn't like the dildo uh, what is, parts. What? Well, they had to shove things up their movie? butts to oh, go through gosh. time, and I wish what? they hadn't. I wish they didn't just use like things up this their butts like to a travel through movie. time. It's a charming movie, that but anyway, I know. Like if they took that one part out of it, like I would be much more. That like would ruin the whole thing for me. Well, it, in context, it kind of makes a little bit of sense, but they go overboard with the things up their okay. butts. Um. Anyway, so okay. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyways, the the movie's about a daughter, a daughter and a mother, like trying to like you know hash stuff out. Okay, I don't know if you've ever had to hash stuff out as a mother or as a daughter, but yeah. you probably have because mothers and daughters have to hash stuff out. And so the last half hour of the movie is just them talking, 
or like 20 minutes. It just goes on and on and on. It's like they're hashing things out. Oh, mom, you didn't do that. Oh, daughter, you didn't do that. And the Barbie movie's like, okay, now we have a bunch of sermons to do, guys. Okay, here's the going to do a sermon about this. Now we're going to do a sermon about this. Now I'm going to get a vagina. I don't need a man. I just need a vagina. That doesn't even make any sense to me. But anyways, it's a good enough movie because you can't stop thinking about how stupid it is. There's so many contradictions in there. Like, ultimately, it's a right-wing fantasy because Ken is the only rational agent. Barbie doesn't want a man. She wants a vagina. But he's really dumb. Ken is dumb enough. He, Ken is totally dumb, but he's smart enough to say, I didn't want patriarchy when I learned it didn't have anything to do with horses. <laughs> like, he's just he just wanted horses, and he thought, he took the feminist playbook, like, oh, horses are patriarchy, because everything's freaking patriarchy to a feminist. <laughs> so he plays the feminist playbook. He's like, wait, feminists are full of shit. This has nothing to do with horses. I just want babe. I just want Barbie. So he wants a vagina, and she <laughs> takes it away and goes gets one of her she own. She didn't have. She didn't have one. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, so I can see that you're still feeling really passionate about Barbie. Sorry, I'm yelling so much. You could have aroused me in in a like in a oh, like it, like what's it called like arousal? Like there's like a arousal yeah. system. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's like a system that arouses you in your body. <laughs> How many times do you want to say the word? Well, we're talking about Barbie. Yeah. And the weird thing is, is like it's not erotic at all. Like there was this like gelded aspect to it. I mean, Ken was kind of. I mean, he's. I'm not attracted to men, so I don't know if you felt like there was any kind of attractiveness to Ken, but maybe he was too... Not particularly. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's handsome, but... Oh, you're more the Michael Sarah kind of guy. Yeah, he's cute. Yeah. Oh, no. What is that? <laughs> Her choice and partner. <laughs> Sorry. You know what? I think we should wrap this up because I want some more pie. Okay. We're going to have pie. Yeah. Well, life is a paradise of pies. Oh, Yours and mine. <laughs> Oh, no. Uh, do check me out on Spotify. Do follow me on Twitter, Benjamin A. Boyce. Um, my podcast is Conversations, and I will be posting all week long on Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. So you can also hit us up if you want to support us in this time of stress and anxiety um, where we have to go into the bathroom and do breathing exercises. <laughs> Not which was together. On our, on our stress relaxation cards that <laughs> yeah, that somebody gave us. My daughter. Um, but if you guys want to support us in any way, shape, or form, there's a tip jar in the description leslie elliot what's coming up for you this week oh we have solid ground tomorrow uh tomorrow yeah solid tomorrow, ground. live stream 10 a.m pacific a, do you have a guest coming on not tomorrow mm, okay we don't well maybe i'll show up then yeah maybe maybe we'll let you maybe they will maybe we won't see you guys thank you very much for <laughs> bye tuning. everybody